podcast intentionally journey through the lens of modern men. Join us as we explore the world, dine on mouth water and cuisine, sip on fine liquors, and appreciate the art of smoking cigars. All while discussing the unique experience and perspectives of men in today's global environment. Get your passports ready because it's time to set out on thrilling adventures filled with stories, insights, and the pursuit of the extraordinary. What's good, what's good, what's good, well, let's jump all the way into this topic. Passport bros, passport girls, passport people, long-distance relationships. Is it real? Is it just sex? What's it all about? So, there's a big debate online about guys being disgruntled with American women and going to other countries to find a wife. Okay. Then there's other conversation wrapped around sex tourism. Okay. And then there's other conversations that's not being had as far as women traveling to do the same things that men do, which is fuck people in other places. But the one thing I don't think we are really talking about is the fact that we all want to fuck when we go on vacation. Is, you know, when you're somewhere in paradise, who doesn't want to have sex? Who wouldn't want to be with someone that they're physically attracted to or have a connection with, you know? And not all guys are traveling to find a husband. Not our women, not all women are traveling for Stella to get her groove back, right? And I understand all sides of the coin as being an American man that's traveled to have fun and all the naughty things and ended up finding a mate and marrying them in a foreign country and bringing her back to America and how that played and how that played out. And so one thing I can say is my desire to travel had nothing to do with American women not being what I wanted. Uh, my desire to travel was just to travel, was to get out of the United States and to see other countries, see the beauty of other countries, the beauty of the actual place and the beauty of the culture and the beauty of the people. And yeah, beautiful women. Um, it's always a great incentive. Um, but it's not the only incentive. And I remember being in Brazil, I think it was about my third trip back in 2003. And a young lady said to me, you know, like, you know, we're talking about Brazil, the culture, the food. And the young lady looked at me because we were in Copacabana, it's a high tourist area. And she said, you know, why is there some guys said, you know, some guys have been coming here for over 20 years and they do the same thing. They come here, they come right here to this same neighborhood, the same beach, and they just want to have sex with girls. And I said, wow, for real? 
Like, if somebody could just do that for 20 years and that's it. And that's thinking with my mind, where, like, my mind is too busy. I'll get bored with doing the same thing. So I always want to mix it up. I'm always looking for how can this get better? How can we expand? How can we find nuances in what we're doing? And so that was different for me because after about my first time to Brazil, which we went for Carnival and, you know, it's Carnival and, you know, um, the parade, the floats, the grandioseness of it all, the girls, you know, the beautiful Brazilian women, all that. And, you know, we got there and what we ran into was culture. You know, a lot of African culture there, the meaning behind Carnival, all those things. And that was very intriguing. And so that had me more than just seeing pretty girls, you know. And also, I don't begrudge anyone that goes there and has been going there for years upon years, decades on decades, and only want to see girls. I get it. You know, that's just your thing. But for me, I wanted to know more. I wanted to speak the language, you know. I wanted to be able to communicate. That's just who I am. And so I I've I've I can understand all sides because I've met guys that, that go there and that are living there that are very into the culture and not into just fucking girls and you know, they might be married to a Brazilian woman there, have a family, and they're doing business there. Then there's guys that's there that's, you know, doing some business, but they're like working in the business of tourism. So they're setting up, you know, all kind of things for American guys that are, aren't familiar with Brazil to do. And, uh, and so there's a lot of caveats. But, you know, there's guys that definitely go down just to have sex with women because prostitution is legal. And I would venture out to say a lot of places that have um, open sex, like open prostitution or legal prostitution, are high tourist areas. There's yes guys like to travel and have sex. And some guys only travel to have sex with women and, you know, and things of that nature. And now, of course, we've heard all the crazy stories about people wanting to go and travel to do craziness like underage you know, kids and things of that nature, which is completely effed up here, there, and everywhere in the world. Don't I really don't I don't I do not agree with that vehemently. Uh, but people have their own incentives to travel. Is basically my point. And a lot more is made about guys traveling to have sex or guys going to find a wife. And let me delve into that. Okay, a guy goes to find a wife. But the thing is, okay, you might find a wife, but you got you have to find common ground that y'all walk on. It's not just, I meet a woman in her country, bring her here, and let's forget about everything that's made you who you are as a person. Your society, your culture, your upbringing, the history of that place. I need to, as the way I think, I need to understand a lot of those things as much as I can so I can understand who that woman is. Where a lot of people go wrong is they meet somebody that thinks they're terrific and they marry and bring them here or bring them here to marry and then they find out, ah, we really don't have that much in common. Well, you're not really trying to find common ground to walk on. So that's a whole other challenge that we have to face. And do you want to just marry someone, bring them here and act like, forget about where you come from? 
Or are you going to make it a point to keep them connected to their culture? For me, it was a must when I got married in Brazil. It was a promise that I made. And it was an intention that, okay, we're married, but at least once a year, we, or at least she need to go back home to be with her family for weeks or months at a time, depending if she's working, um, to be with her family. And it was important that I expressed that to her family and made that possible. And in particular, my ex-wife had no desire to come to America. To put things in context for people, not all foreigners that come here or marry an American to come here actually ever had dreams of coming to America. My ex-wife did not, had no inclination before she met me of coming here. She came here for me and she didn't really enjoy the American society um, to the point where, you know, it was really taking away from who she was. Because here in America, and you guys heard me say this before, we like things and we have an advanced society. So we like things, we can afford things, we work for things, we work for our life, the life that we have. And the funny thing is if you come from a culture that doesn't have money and they don't have, everybody doesn't have a car or two, three cars or, or a house and you have to live in a, maybe a house with eight other people or an apartment with five people, you have each other. And so a lot of other cultures may not have a lot of the advanced technologies. They may not have the infrastructure that we have roads wise and and in many different ways, but they have each other. And it's only until you've met someone not from here and really have a conversation with them about the differences. And a lot about the differences, they'll tell you like, yo, it's great here. It's great to make money. I, was not, I wasn't able to make this kind of money where I come from. But if I had the money that I would like to have, a lot of them would go back home. A lot of Brazilians that live here would rather have the kind of money that they're making here and live there because they know culturally Brazil is just a more tight knitted country. And y'all have heard me talk about this before. They're just more connected to one another in a lot of different ways in a lot of different ways. And I'll get into that on another podcast as far as the healthcare systems and things of that nature, but they're more connected as a society. They have things that are more communicable where we have things that are more separated. For example, you know, they have World Cup soccer, right? And we were in World Cup, right? But Americans are not good at it. But in a World Cup soccer here, it doesn't unite all of us. We don't all jump behind soccer because soccer is not a leading sport in America. Whereas though soccer is the only sport there or it's the leading sport in most countries in the world. And so that's something that the whole country rallies around. Almost like your city is in the Super Bowl. Your, your city's team is in the Super Bowl. The whole city goes back it crazy for it, right? And that's what it is for World Cup for most countries in the world. When World Cup starts, they 
don't have a lot of differences amongst each other, right? They are all united behind their team. And so those are just small things that we as this American society and a lot of westernized societies are just not in the same vein as these other countries. So you can understand how someone would come here and be like, yes, we have all these things, but we don't have each other. And I think the best resource in the world is our connection to one another, our connection to other human beings, our communities, our families, our society. And I think we all have had to reckon with that since the pandemic, where we separate ourselves and how much it's damaged our psyches, how much it's damaged us emotionally, how much it's driven a wedge between people. It's put some people together, but it's driven a wedge between others. Because now when you're forced to sit in the house with your other or, or your family members, you really feel like, you know, you really see that the distraction of eight-hour workday, you guys don't really have much in common or you guys don't like each other. A lot of people didn't make it as couples or families through the pandemic. And there were other countries like Brazil that have such tight communities or have such a communicative aspect to their societies, they lost a lot of people from the pandemic because they're all close together. They don't like being separated from one another. They see human interaction as a absolute must. And so you're going to get that in a lot of places that's family oriented, you know, like a lot of Latin based countries, a lot of African based countries, even a lot of Arab based countries, because they're very much fam still very family oriented. And because of the lack of finances, not everybody can live by themselves. So they have to find ways to live with one another, tolerate one another, love one another, and still be productive. So back to my conversation, back to the original point about traveling and passport bros, passport girls, and all that, and all that. I think we all just want to get out of our normal, everyday rut, our everyday routine, and go somewhere. Whereas I told you before. You know, I used to want to go on vacation and turn up. Now I like to go on vacation and have rest and relaxation. I like to see more places, enjoy the environment more. Where when I was younger, I just want to tear it up. Let's drink. Let's get high. Let's get some girls. Let's go here. Let's go there. Let's go to the pop, you know, the more popping clubs, all the, all the above. So as you mature, things change. Your view of life changes. And I don't necessarily think, and like even Stella getting a groove bag for any ladies that are listening to this that travel, that like to, you know, have sex with guys when you travel. And I, I know a couple of young ladies that are like that. Um, I don't begrudge them. I don't think like, psh, wow, you know, they're whores or anything like that. Not, not whatsoever. You're living your life. You're doing what you want to do. I just, you know, always say for everyone, male or female, just be, you know, just be safe. You know, try to deal with trusted people. You know, um, if you're dealing with a stranger, try to get their information, try to get their identification and send it to somebody. 
There's all kinds of ways that you can protect yourself. But number one, you need to protect yourself. And that protecting yourself needs to be a priority. It needs to be a priority because there are people out there looking to take advantage of, you know, um, unknowing suspects, you know, people that are naive to where they are. Don't know if you're in a bad neighborhood when you see palm trees outside and, you know, there's water not too far. You think, man, this is, I'm in paradise. But actually, to the natives, to the people that live there, they might be like, yeah, there's palm trees outside and, they, you know, and the beach not too far, but that's one of the worst neighborhoods to be in. But you don't know because where you're from, if you, like, for me, I'm in Philadelphia. I'm in a concrete, concrete jungle. You know, anywhere with palm trees might look a little nicer and like paradise to me. I mean, one of the first times going to uh, being in Miami and going to going to uh, my old roommate's house. And um, man, when I was like, uh, my friends and I was like, we're going to go to the corner store. I'm like, man, it's a really nice neighborhood, man, palm trees. And I noticed they like most of the people had the, the gates, the, the, the metal gates across their windows and things. Go to the corner store, and I'm like, damn, this corner, this store here looked like any store in the hood in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Guys out there, you know, no shirts on, they hustling. I'm like, damn, out here, like everybody got lawns, and the lawns are manicured, and but you know, hoods are hood, you know. And when you go to other places, like the houses are painted, you know, like in tropical places, their houses are painted pastel colors, you know, of course, because you want to reflect the sun. And all the heat, you want your house being too hot. So you're looking at all these pastel colors and palm trees and thinking like, wow, this is a really nice place. But actually, no, you're in the hood, just like being in the hood in the concrete jungle of Philadelphia, New York, or D.C. So these are things that we have to take in consideration where we are, you know, and, and to the point of why most of the houses in this neighborhood that had nice front lawns and had backyards um, had gates across their windows and, you know, and the security doors on their doors, which would look like a suburban neighborhood in any other rural, you know, any other major city would look like a suburb. Uh, but, you know, from Hurricane Henry, a lot of people had their houses broken into when they had to leave, they had to evacuate the city. But a lot of, you know, some of the people that stayed behind, they just stayed there and robbed all these houses. So uh, a lot of people died in Hurricane Henry in the 90s. Um, that's when my roommate that was here had to move back home to take care of his family because his father was older and, you know, the houses been flooded and people have been robbing and whatnot. So he had to go back to help protect his family, help rebuild, you know, their homes and things of that nature. But, um, but this is why they have to have security gates. But this is just my mind. Like, I'm inquisitive. I didn't just take it as like, oh, they got gates on the window. Like, why do they have gates across their windows, security doors in such a wonderful looking neighborhood? Because this neighborhood in my city, which would be which would be considered a suburb, would never have gates across the windows or, or on the doors. But now I have to understand, like, where my guy lives, you know, Florida is like this. They don't have city. They don't, their city is not, Florida is not built up like New York, Philly, D.C. Things are not built so far up. Things are more spread out. But hood is hood. Mentality is mentality, you know? But 
these are my thoughts. And this is just part one because I'm going to re revisit this because this traveling um, and why men travel and why women travel and, you know, men looking for wives or men, you know, sex tourism in general, it will be an ongoing subject. So this is just part one of this conversation. Thank you for listening to our experiences and insights. Please like, share, and subscribe to this channel. And if you would like to participate with us on a trip or to just gather information on guides and other resources that we use, please email me at sirinq.biz at gmail.com or private message AU Access on Instagram and Facebook. And always remember to keep your stress low and your passports high.